This message comes from Capital One. Your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services backed by the strength of a top 10 commercial bank. Visit CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Member FDIC. The moody drama Bones and All is a familiar road trip tale of young, angsty lovers drifting from state to state against the backdrop of breathtaking, wide-open vistas. But the kicker is that the couple are, wait for it, cannibals, and they're on the lookout for their next feeding. Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell star, with Luca Guadagnino directing. It's a strange romance that's probably best viewed on an empty stomach. I'm Ayesha Harris, and today we're talking about the movie Bones and All on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Joining us today is Andrew Limbong. He's the host of NPR's Book of the Day podcast and a reporter for the Culture Desk. Welcome back, Andrew. Yo, Aisha, what's up? What's up? Yeah. I was I was eating. I was eating during the movie. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like wow. nominal log. I was like, mmm. Brave. <laughs> brave, brave choice. <laughs> so Bones and All is set in the late 80s and stars Taylor Russell as Marin, a cannibalistic teen. After she's abandoned by her dad, Frank, played by Andre Holland, she sets out to find the mother she's never known. En route to Minnesota from Maryland, she encounters other eaters like her for the first time, including the lanky drifter Lee, played by Timothy Chalamet. They fall in love, driving across the Midwest in a stolen pickup truck while finding ways to satisfy their hunger. The movie also features Mark Rylance as a super creepy cannibal who takes an uncomfortable interest in Marin, Chloe Sevigny as a woman named Janelle, and David Gordon Green and Michael Stuhlbarg as a pair of strangers Marin and Lee meet out in the woods. Luca Guadagnino directs, you may recall, he previously worked with Chalamet on the film Call Me By Your Name. Writer David Kajanik adapted the screenplay from Camille DeAngelis' book of the same name. And Bones and All is in theaters now. So, Andrew, you said you mm-hmm. were eating during this film. But <laughs> yes, how did I you... was. <laughs> but how did you feel about Bones and All? Okay, I straight up loved it. Going into it, so... um. My wife doesn't, like, deal with, like, scary movies all that well. So I was like, chill, you can skip this one. And I kind of regret it because it's not, like, it's not, like, scary, scary, jumpy, no. scary. But yeah. it was, it was like, oddly romantic and sweet. I got kind of, like, verklempt at it a couple of times while these, you know, folks were chowing down. It was just, like, an overall, like, <laughs> fine time at the at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, at my screening, three people left the theater about mm, 25 minutes in, and I don't. they never came back. <laughs> they were all together. Um, but it, it was after, like, the first big eating scene that we see. Uh-huh. I was actually expecting more people to perhaps leave. But I also think if you know what to expect going into it, then you're probably going to be fine with it. I actually think the film handles the gore in a way that is very... Very art housey. It's tasteful, right? Yeah, it's tasteful. Uh, you know, no fun intended. Oh, but <laughs> it's not like a Saw movie. It didn't feel like Saw or Hostel or something like that. No, it felt, no, it wasn't yeah. schlock. Yeah. So it's interesting because I wouldn't say that I loved this film, but I definitely found I was 
engrossed the whole time. I felt drawn in by these characters, especially Taylor Russell, who mm-hmm. I hadn't actually seen before. I didn't see the movie Waves, which I think was one of the movies that kind of put her on the map recently. So this is my sort of introduction to her. Her facial expressions and the fact that this character, even though she is an eater, she's very conflicted about it throughout the film. Like she has a compulsion to eat other humans, but she is very much like, I don't want to be like this, but I don't know what to do about it. So I was really drawn to her and her relationship with the Timothy Chalamet character, I think. It was giving some Badlands, Terrence Malick Badlands. Mm -hmm. I liked it, and I liked that aspect of it. But I also couldn't help but feel, in my head, I was like, this feels kind of like arthousey Twilight in a way. Yeah. Is that fair? Does that seem fair? That's a plus. That's like a check in my book. I was like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because I I can't call myself a Twilight fan. So um, Uh I, I do think it's far better than that. But I was wondering if that was a fair comparison or or not. Yeah, they have this like magnetic energy between the two there's that scene when when they first sort of like see each other mm-hmm. and they sort of look in, into their eyes and like they, they have this like knowing glance and and you're right she feels guilty about pretty much everything she does right like i don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that she's shoplifting in this scene right and yeah. you know she also feels guilty about doing that she feels just like you can see it in her eyes and then when when she locks eyes with timothy chalamet with lee you almost feel like she's she's like shrinking but accepting it's like oh Like, he sees me doing this, and he doesn't, like, he's not calling the cop, you know what I mean? He's not calling her out or whatever. And then when he confronts, there's, like, a bully in in the store. There's, like, an if-you-know-you-know sort of quality between their glances. They sense each other. And and it's really romantic in that way. Excuse me? Whoa, you trying to run me down? I asked a question. Hear this, you dumb Hey, don't talk to her like that. Hey! You're out of control, buddy. You with the store or something? No, I'm not at the store, but I'm going to escort you out of it. (laughs) Yeah, and I think one of the things that's interesting about the film, too, and neither of us have read the book, so I'm not sure how closely it used to the book, but Mm -hmm. it it does really early on when she, especially when she first meets Sully, who's played by Mark Rylance, it establishes this world where once you are realize that there are other people like you, you're able to smell each other, the other eaters Mm -hmm. like you, and you can sense it. There's that way of knowing. And so I think it was really interesting to see that unfold and her sort of <laughs> learning her powers in a way, like, <laughs> uh-huh, <yeah. laughs> while still feeling like, oh, I don't want to to do this and be like this. Um, so I, I found that really interesting to, to parse through. Yeah. I keep thinking about like what all of this is supposed to be a metaphor for, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like it could be a lot of things. I think I was definitely getting like oh, is this a movie about, like, addiction, right? Because there is, like I said, like, if you know, you know, like, you sort of, like, there is the teaching you how to how to do it sort of aspects to it. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of, what's that Al Pacino movie, uh, Panic in Needle Park? Oh, yes. You know, like, the two, like, heroin addicts are just, like, making their way through life and, like, figuring their, their way out through it. Or you can, you know, take it to, you know, be about queer theory, you know, just, like, queerness and, like, that sort of thing. And there's a also very similar, like, oh, here's how to, I'll teach you how to <laughs> how to get through, <laughs> get through the society this way. I mean, you know, like any good horror, it's, like, it could be about all of these things. And, and I think that's what the movie does so well. Like, all of the shame that everybody feels doing it. Even Lee, Lee is supposed to be, like, a kind of bad boy, right? He's mm-hmm. like, a, like, yeah, whatever. I do it all the time. And, but, like, he feels like a sort of weight to it, too, once Marin yeah. enters his life, you know? 
Yeah, I the first time we see Lee on screen, I was just like, oh, he looks like he's on drugs. Mm-hmm. And then later on, uh, in in another scene, he's someone actually refers to him as a junkie. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene, that character is talking about him being a junkie in the sense that he's a junkie in relation to feeding and eating because this person is also an an eater. But Mm -hmm. as soon as I heard junkie, I was like, yeah, I can totally see that. And this is also the 80s, right? So the 80s, drugs were a huge thing. The AIDS crisis was a thing. And Mm -hmm. so throughout the film, I was kind of getting that sense. Although Luca Guadagnino himself has kind of shrugged that off uh, in a way (laughs) and and doesn't really want to assign any specific metaphors to it. Sure, yeah, yeah. And again, that's our job. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) but that's that's kind of what I got out of it. Now, I do wonder though, there was at one point a barrier for me in terms of me, like I, I was along with for the ride for most of it, but afterwards I was just kind of like, I didn't necessarily feel as much of the compulsion and the desire as I wanted to overall. To eat or to like yes. each other. Yeah. For each other, absolutely. But I felt like sometimes the eating part kind of receded to the background. And I'm not sure if that's a flaw or not, but I was reading a profile that Variety did where they interviewed all the stars in, in Guadagnino. And it was interesting because Guadagnino, in that interview, he said basically that like he wasn't interested in shock value, but he was interested in like the intensity of desire. Mm-hmm. And then Russell and Chalamet were interested in the emotional relationship more than the cannibalism. And I was like, I can kind of see that because I felt that there was this sort of disconnect in the tension. I don't know. It, it didn't quite, at the end of it, way for me when it came to the cannibalism. And I don't know if that was necessarily a bad thing, but I, I did It's didn't... so frustrating when artists say stuff like that because then it's like, <laughs> well, then why'd you make a movie about eating people? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Right, right. It's like, I, I guess I wanted a little bit more connection to their desire for cannibalism and also their desire for other. And I felt like they didn't always gel together for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's no like consequence to not eating from what I could tell, right? There's no there's no right. like withdrawal symptoms or anything right, like that. Right. They just like to do it. They yeah. say they need to do it, but they don't really like lay out why they really actually need to. Yes, exactly. I'm curious what you thought about because we we have these two stars here, but then we also have some other really powerhouse character actors or just really powerful actors mm-hmm. in general between Andre Holland as Taylor's father and Chloe Seveny as well in in an, in another role, and I just felt that when you get those kinds of performers, I want more. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and Chloe Seveny's part especially felt like more of a cameo than anything else. I'm just like, what are I wanted more out of both of them? I think they do what they can with those roles, but yeah, but they don't get a lot. They don't get a lot, and. I just kind of wanted more out of it, but I don't know if you felt similarly in that way. <laughs> There's uh, Seventy has some like great face acting, you know. She <laughs> yes. she does do it. I honestly, I straight up like didn't recognize her until like the credits roll. I was like, oh, word, that was who that was, oh, just because she yeah. was like done up in such a way yeah. that I was just like not paying attention to who who the face on the screen was. <laughs> yeah, she she honestly though like could have been anybody, and I don't know if it would have made much of a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I think uh, the Andre Hall, I think her her dad, he has enough of like such a strong presence at the beginning that when he's gone, you sort of like feel that void, right? You sort of like feel that the ground underneath her yeah. has like been swept away. And, you know, on that note, I just want to make a quick thing about their fits. 
They look sick. Everybody looks so cool in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's wearing her, like, dad's work jacket all throughout. I wanted that jacket so badly. (laughs) Yeah, the big jacket over the dress and, like, makes it feel like she's, you know, going back to the whole shame thing. She's scared. She feels, like, some sort of comfort in this jacket and the memory of her dad while, you know, she's, like, looking for her mom. And and I think... You feel Andre Holland in that jacket. I don't know. Like he's, yeah. he's just there throughout the whole thing watching over her. It's the 80s, but it also feels very kind of pre-grunge or grungy mm-hmm. where Kurt Cobainy. Mm-hmm. Yo, uh, Timothy's jeans, bro? <laughs> Those jeans are crazy. <laughs> yes, They've got these yes. like big rips in over. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, here? they are they are beautiful. <laughs> Everything is beautiful about this, mm-hmm. even though it's they're living in extreme poverty. But even those scenes look very beautiful in, in a way or in a very indie movie kind of way. But the cinematography, all of those, you know, I mentioned it in the intro, like the vistas mm-hmm. of middle America, like it looks gorgeous. And and there's a great scene between the Taylor Russell character and Timothy Chalamet where they're just sitting on this hill, I guess, and looking out in this vast expanse. And mm. it's just- Like it, teens it, do. <laughs> Like teens do. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just giving me all the vibes of like a 90s, I don't know, commercial for jeans or something. <laughs> like <a> Levi's <laughs> yeah. commercial. It felt very beautiful. But it, I mean, I do think it's interesting. Like if you look at like the route that they take through America, right? She goes what like her dad is from like the eastern shore of Maryland, right? And then they go to Ohio, up to like Kentucky and India. Like it's definitely a big post-industrial rust belt route Mm -hmm. they sort of like stay away from the cities and you get this like vast very like bruce springsteen vibes from it all yeah very very i also just want to ask you about where you stand on timothy chalamet generally speaking like pro pro team timmy all the way (laughs) (laughs) i i think he's it's so interesting because he tends to play these sort of brooding characters i think I also think of something like Lady Bird, even though he it was a very different character. It's kind of the same vibe, sort of James Deany, but for a 80s, 90s way. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is sort of one of those movies that I think is going to be something that people remember. Just between, as you were saying, the way he looks in this film and then also just how he is I can see teenagers being all over this. Like, this is, I mean, not that they aren't already all over it, but. Yeah, listen, listen, as like a not particularly masked dude that also wrote, like hand roll cigarettes and stuff like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he is like one of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's nice to see some representation for soft boys in film these days, you know? <laughs> Timothy is carrying, he is carrying all of the soft boys for this, yeah. for this era. I, I totally, I love it. <laughs> What I liked about this film is that, yes, it's very dark, but there's glimpses of humor. Like the first time they sort of bond over talking about the first time that they eat someone. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it actually got a pretty big laugh because of the way they delivered it. It was just like, yeah. Me too. <laughs> it's like, wow. So yeah, it's it's not as it's not a very like it's not overly serious in a way that I appreciate it. You know, yeah. it definitely understands that there is a a little bit of an element of I don't want to say camp, but like there are times where it's, it's just knowing. like this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's knowing. It's like this is kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. Not that not that cannibalism is silly, but you know what I mean. It's like it's a weird premise for a movie. Yeah. Basically. It's weird. <laughs> well, we want to know what you think about bones and all. You can find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. 
And that brings us to the end of our show. Andrew Limbong, thanks for being here and helping me sort of chomp through. Yeah, I said chomp through. Chomp um, through. No, all. no, yeah. <laughs> we did pretty good without including too many bad puns. Like yeah, food and, puns, yeah. Yeah. We want to also take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you all so much for showing your support to NPR. So if you haven't signed up yet and you want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Chloe Weiner and edited by Jessica Reedy. And Hello Come In provides our theme music. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow when we'll be talking about the new movie, Disenchanted. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.